Hey, screen testers, just a quick content note before we start the episode. There are a lot of pretty triggering topics that are covered in the plot of this film, Peyton Place, including sexual assault by a family member, the death by suicide of a parent, intergenerational trauma, unwanted pregnancy and miscarriage, and just generally kind of abusive parenting. None of it is handled very seriously, and it is very soap operatic, but if the mention of those things is going to be troubling for you right now, maybe save this one for another time or listen to another one of our episodes instead. Allison, come back here immediately. Listen, Mother, if you keep this up someday, I will do what you keep accusing me of. I wouldn't doubt it. You're just like your father about sex. In that way, you're just like him. Don't you say things about my father. He was a wonderful man. Wonderful. And fine and good to you. And that's what you told me. So don't blame him for anything. Wonderful and fine and good. That's what I told you? Well, I lied. Hello, and welcome to the Screen Test of Time, the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for Best Picture. I'm Susan Raslin. And I'm David Daw. Because we watched a soap opera. <laughs> David, I feel like you need to give it a little more. There wasn't enough there. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was that wasn't nearly enough. That was enough. very low key, so I, and I didn't feel <laughs> like the drama was really high enough for this movie. My shirt is still in one piece. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This week we watched Peyton Place, which is a it was a it was a whole trip. It was a whole experience. It was. <laughs> I, I mean, it's hard for me to even talk about this movie in any kind of critical way because, like, it's fucking bonkers. But I think I, I don't even know that I'm going to say that I enjoyed it. I think that waiting for the tropes to enact themselves <laughs> was such a game while I was watching it that I enjoyed the experience <laughs> even while thinking, good lord, this movie is not good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's a lot I do think is actually good about this, though, again, I do think that this is, this movie is a very good TV pilot and a bonkers film, because this movie has everything, and that's a problem both for it and for us. Yeah. Like, it establishes so many characters throws many of those characters away just as quickly, d- does such bonkers stuff, and then doesn't fucking stick the dismount, which is the most irritating thing about it, I think, is that, like, why the fuck is the doctor the one that ties it all together? Anyway, we'll get there. Oh, yeah. Uh, I also have, I mean, I have a lot of issues with the... Uh, with the acting in this film, because sometimes it's actually pretty good. And then sometimes it is extremely over-the-top dramatic soap opera acting. But the times when it really took me out is when it ventures into what I think of as 1950s educational film strip style. (laughs) Which this one guy in it seems to bring every scene that he is in into that style, which is uh, Russ Tamblin as Norman Page. Every time that he is on screen, he's like, and now I'm going to talk about how I have 
tried to learn about sex. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, this is definitely the like sex education film strip from 1955. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I I kind of liked the degree to which this movie is horny. Um, and kind of famously, like, for 1957, and, like, famously the author of the novel Peyton Place hated the movie because it wasn't horny enough. <laughs> Which I kind of love because all anybody talks about is either sex or not talking about sex. Like, literally every conversation. <laughs> well, yeah, but every conversation is about how, like, Sex is bad and people are irresponsible about it and it will end up with them in bad situations. Because it, it's weird for a movie that does talk so often about sex and tries to, I think, come down on the idea that you should talk to your kids about it more. Especially the scene with the mom who is like, well, he's never heard about sex in our home. And I was like, oh my God, this is... Imagine like people actually saying those words. Because these are, these are graduated seniors in high school. It's not like they're four. <laughs> it was wild. But it does seem to be incredibly conservative and sort of come down on the idea that you should talk about sex, but you shouldn't have it. You should talk about it as a way of making sure that, like, kids are aware of what could happen, but not... Not with the understanding that they probably will have it. I, Except for Betty Anderson's parents, apparently, who were just like, whatever, go wild. God, Betty rules. Does Betty Anderson have parents? Who knows? Betty is the greatest living American and just, God, all Betty's dialogue rules so much. But I guess we should do the plot. It's weird because I simultaneously feel like it's kind of a shame to spoil it. And also, what's there to spoil? This movie is just insane. Like, there's so many incidents, but they all just, like... The the only real through lines, I guess, are the mom, the daughter, and Selena. And they, the, like, the mom and the daughter have this plot where the daughter, like, wants to go out and see the world. And... Wait, wait, there are, like, multiple moms. Are, the, are we... <laughs> Allison, our main character. Okay, who's so like... Con Constance, her mom, Allison, our narrator, question mark? Yeah. And Selena, who's Allison's, like, best girlfriend, and is also the daughter of their maid. The, the, like, spine of it, uh, it, of the movie, is, like, Allison's relationship with her mom, who is, like, a super-duper conservative prude. And it turns out that's because she'd never married Allison's father. He was already married. Dramatic music. And, like, eventually learns, I don't know, a lesson? I don't really, like, they reconcile at the end, and I guess it's because the mom figured out that she couldn't just, like, yell at her daughter about everything. It's very strange. Yeah. <laughs> or the daughter learned that she can't, I, I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so they're kind of the through line. Yeah. And then Selena lives on the wrong side of the tracks and has a drunken, abusive stepfather 
who in the sort of mid-film climax rapes her at the end of the graduation dance that when she's brought home by her boyfriend. And the town doctor, who's a pretty chill dude except when he's not, helps her get an abortion and drives the stepfather out of town. Uh, gives her an abortion, actually, and records it as an appendectomy. It wasn't. She had a miscarriage. Oh, right. They very clearly are like, she's having a miscarriage, and he helps her with, I mean, essentially, like, it is an abortion, but not, she asks for one, and he's like, I, I'm so offended you would even begin to ask me this. And you're like, okay. This, this was the moment in this movie where I realized that despite it, dealing with a lot of stuff that the Hayes Code three years earlier would not even allow to be depicted on screen, that it still ends up being, like, a very conservative story. You know... We've had abortions that have taken place on screen in movies. Wait, we have? Yeah, remember the movie where, um... Oh, what's-his-face? Falls in love with Elizabeth Taylor after he knocks up his girlfriend. Right, but they very pointedly don't get an abortion. She gets murdered. Right, but the doctor is going to... But the her boss, like, arranges for her to go to a doctor and she decides not to. So, like, they don't ever say this is an abortion that it, we're offering you. But it was like, this is a thing everyone knows it happens and, like, we can just sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge about it. And this is the first time that we've ever had anyone be like... <gasps> I'm both legally and morally horrified at the prospect. Okay, that part's... The morally mortified part does suck, but we have definitely had a doctor go like, how dare you even bring up abortion to me before? And in fact, I think that's what the doctor does in that movie. I think you're thinking of the scene in Three Coins in a Fountain where the boss offers to give his employee an abortion out of fucking nowhere because she went out to, like, dinner with an Italian man. Um, but, like, in uh, A Place in the Sun, the doctor is like, we can't allow that, I'll never do it. Because, like, that's why he's backed into a corner and just has to murder her. Oh, Okay. Maybe I am getting those two conflated. They were both, like, you know, not amazing movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, even though I'm kind of going, like, hey, this isn't the first time it's happened, the part where he's like, I will not, like, d- 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 violate my oath to you or my oath to God is like, man, fuck off. And I'd kind of forgotten, like, in the novel, it's so <laughs> clearly that he helps her get an abortion, right? Like, it's gotta be. I don't know. I haven't read it. But it's, like, such a half-assed, like, it's a miscarriage. Because she just gets chased through the woods for no fucking reason. She's, like, she's like barely pregnant at this point. Yeah. And she, like, trips and falls a little bit. Like, slides down a hill on her butt. And it's like, oh, she's having a miscarriage. And I'm like... I don't think that's how that works, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, it really feels like it's gotta be that, like, in the novel, it's an actual abortion. And here, she is just, like, that. we've gotta give the doctor an out, you know? So it's just like, oh, there was nothing he could do. He had to help her miscarry. Oh, yeah. In the book, apparently, he does, in fact perform an abortion. There we go. Which is, like, not a thing that he's thrilled about having to do, but he's also, like... I'm I'm not going to make you have your drunk stepdad's kid. That all checks out. Anyway, after that, the doctor 
drives the drunk stepfather out of town after making him sign a confession, which is extremely convenient for Act 3, because when he inevitably comes back, Selena murders him. And is also bonkers? It's not really a murder. Kills him in self-defense. I just like saying murdered whenever anybody gets killed, but in this case, it is very morally important to say she doesn't murder him. She just kills him pretty hardcore. (laughs) When he is attempting yeah, to... Yeah, and, and we're all fine with it, yes. Yeah, he sucks. He, he totally sucks. I mean, obviously. Yeah. But the side confession is so weird because it's like, the doctor tells the stepdad, I have proof and, and I'll let everybody know and I'll start calling every father in town because you're the janitor at the high school and they're going to want to know about how you're around their kids So Lucas, the stepdad, is like begging, begging, begging for him not to tell anyone. And the doctor is like, well, I won't reveal my proof if you sign this thing. And he does. And he's like, what's your proof anyway, doc? And he's like, this signed confession I just made you sign. (laughs) The weird thing to me about that is not that, because... The, the dude does seem like that kind of idiot, right? Absolutely. It's more that the doctor then conveniently goes, you know what? I'm just going to let you get out of town so that we can have this com- be a problem later. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think he... Is it is it really that he, like, so it can be a problem later? Or is it that this is his way that he wants him to, to go? Like, I think... I, I don't honestly know. It's a weird choice to not, I don't know, like turn him over to the authorities yeah i think the idea is that like this is the way that selena's reputation is not ruined by this which is especially strange in light of his testimony at her trial right but then that ends up being that like he's the one that has the big moment of like moral change and ties everything all together at the end of the movie which is stupid because it ought to be allison the movie's fucking about her moral whatever (laughs) yeah i feel like allison actually ends the whole thing with like hmm i was a very privileged girl who continues to be very privileged yeah and like (laughs) now i'm finally bothering to date the after school special of a human being that's been hitting on me all movie (laughs) Anyway, yes. Yeah. So, like, Selena murders the dude, kills him. Why do I say murdered every time somebody dies? Selena kills him after he comes back and tries to assault her again. Like a year and a half after the fact. That's one of the weirdest things about this film is that I think this is something to do with the narration, but you have this feeling that it's eventually going to go to the part where everybody's grown up and that feeling never goes away. And then they are grown-ups, but it's like, I mean, you know, whatever, it's the 40s. I guess this is just how life was. But it's like, oh, well, now we're all adults. It has been a few months since the summer of graduating from high school. Most of us are off getting married and have jobs. and Yeah. But it also somehow feels like so much more time has passed in the way that everything is treated. For sure. Like, everybody treats everything like so much more time has passed. We spend so much time setting up shit that never fucking matters. Yes. But that, like, are good plot hooks for an eventual TV show. And I understand that, like, this is not literally the pilot for Peyton Place, the TV series. They change a bunch of shit and recast everybody. 
for the TV series, but it's just like, this makes so much more sense as a TV series than it does as a film, because the effect of everybody just going like, you can join the newspaper now. Are we ever going to mention the newspaper again? No, but occasionally the editor looks at a headline to let you know time has passed. Right. Okay. Well, let's spend a lot of time setting up the relationship between the town's like rich factory boss and his son. His son's going to die. Then he's going to go, I'm going to reconcile with the daughter-in-law I never liked. Then they're going to disappear from the whole fucking movie. Well, and they reconcile in 30 seconds. Yeah. It's wild. It's like... I don't want to be your daughter-in-law and I always loved your son and he loved me and the reason I was a fast girl was because that's, no, flashy. I was a flashy girl because he liked flashy girls so I decided that's what I was going to become so I could get with him but I always loved only him. And then the dad is like, let's keep the family together and she's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, how? how is that like, that's the resolution is that fast. And like just the scene before that, there's this whole scene where the dad and the son fight and the dad goes like, you know what? You're not getting the money anymore. And I guess you're not going to Harvard, but you can you can work here in the factory if you work as hard as any other man. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be so interesting when the son like becomes like a union organizer and like feels the side of labor for the first time in his life and finds a real purpose in opposing his father. Oh no, he got drafted and then he dies. They shake hands and then he dies in the war. Yeah, okay, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> None of that happens at all. Yeah, it's it's very strange. And even within that scene, it's like you get none of the family money and I don't approve of your whore wife that you eloped with, but I'll give you a job. And he's like, thanks, dad, shake on it. End of scene. And I'm like, how is this a resolution? <laughs> what the fuck? Can we do a Betty appreciation corner for a moment, though? Because all of Betty's lines are the fucking best. Oh, can we do like... Uh, yes, we can do <laughs> Betty appreciation four corners because Betty is the shit. So important thing to note about this film is that Allison and Betty and Allison's mom all look like the same person <laughs> yes. for a great deal of the film. And thank God that Betty is as quote unquote flashy as she is because I, otherwise you would not know who she was. You'd be like, well, is, why is Allison a different person now? Or like, who is this person making out with Allison who normally makes out with Betty? But Terry Moore is like, is just in it. She's like, I'm going to be the high school senior who thinks that she is a Hollywood vamp in this small town and absolutely commits to it so fucking hard. And it is great. God, she's so like, she's like 15% gangster mall, which is the correct amount for this character to be a gangster mall, you know? Yeah. Like she's seen all of the movies and was like, that seems, yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. She's also... I, I think the smartest of their entire high school graduating class that she literally was like, oh, for sure, as a kid looked at this guy who was the son of the mill owner in town and like the richest family in town and went, I like that guy and I'm going to do whatever it takes to end up with that dude. And then I don't know, there were like 10 and he was like, I like flashy girls. And she was like, right on it. That's what I'm going to do. And then she fucking did it. But she 
She was so good at it. I wish I had started writing down every Betty line when she gives that big monologue in the dress shop about how, like, a low-cut dress is better than Shakespeare for landing a man or whatever, which fucking ruled. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And how it'll take you further. And so if they if they say that you're fast, you might as well be fast because you'll get where you're going. <laughs> the, yeah, right. Let's see. I did write down because I was sending them all to Nikki. I wrote down like five of her lines that were all amazing. There's the point where she pushes a guy off of her and goes, listen, bud, one kiss per customer, (laughs) which fucking rules. When she's in the dress shop, she literally sounds like she's talking about how she has become a sex worker. And I was like, who is this person? And then it's like, oh, that's their classmate. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, oh, it's this small town hooker, I guess, who, you know, everybody gossips about but is actually entertaining and everyone likes her no this is a high school senior (laughs) (laughs) after she's fighting with the rich boy he comes up to her and goes have you been betty and her response is take a look make up your own mind which fucking (laughs) rules oh god i feel like i should use that (laughs) and then like almost her next line is her going the last few months it must have been real lonely without me which also rules but god her best fucking line is when they're making out by the lake and she says i think you're 10 percent man and 90 percent talk and i'm 250 percent woman maybe 500 (laughs) (laughs) betty fucking rules oh she's so great Man, I hope that when the family gets back together, that the dad realizes that she's amazing and leaves everything to her. Yeah, same. That her father-in-law is like, you know what? I misjudged you. You're the smartest chick here. Also, you can run the company when I retire. (laughs) Yeah. She's also the only actress that seems to under... Well, that's not true. Selena does sometimes, too. Like, fitfully other people do, but she is locked in the whole time of what this movie is. Yeah, I mean, I think that Hope Lang is actually doing a phenomenal job as Selena. It's just that Selena is written as a single-note victim. Yeah. And it is heartbreaking, and Hope Lang is, like, she's very blonde and very delicate-looking and has big eyes, and she does it well, but it is... I mean, I will say the one thing about Selena that I really do appreciate and the one time that she comes out of this kind of like just being a prey animal is sort of how she is portrayed through all of this is when she goes to the doctor and is like, look, I'm going to go to jail. Yeah. You cannot get on that stand and tell them that my stepfather raped me and I got pregnant. You, You just can't do that because people will not go to my husband who is studying to be a lawyer and and have him be their lawyer if they know this about his wife and there are a few other little moments where she gets to just have some joy they're nice um but there's something about her character where you constantly feel like what is the next horrible thing that's going to happen to her and i hate that suspense in a film around a character for sure but i will say that at least it's not like I mean, the way that rape is treated as a plot point in most films today is the it's the origin story for some superheroine, right? Where, like, she's Jessica Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and this is more like, yeah, horrible things happen to this woman who grew up as a little girl in a horrible situation with no money and a best friend who was, like, 
so unbelievably privileged that she couldn't see anything that was really happening with this girl. And I, I get it. I mean, the guy that she ends up marrying is like not, he's not the richest guy in town's son, but he's a good dude and he takes good care of her and he's from a better family than she's from. So I, I understand why she is like, I guess, willing to do this and doesn't want his life ruined. But it is really fucking wild to see somebody who finally like stops being a scared animal only long enough to say, don't let anyone know I'm a victim because it will ruin my husband's life. Yeah. And like, I think the thing that is most wild about that is that like, she is then proven wrong by the doctor who gets to have a big emotional moment instead of her. Cause he eventually like there's a, the prosecutor who I think does actually a very bad job, just harasses everybody on the stand. And if Selena had a half decent defense attorney, she'd probably be fine. But he's like winning because every time the guy goes like, do you know anything? Are you just a dumb, useless biddy? And they go, I don't know. The defense attorney just goes, we have no questions. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So Selena's gonna go to jail. And so the doctor testifies. And in the, like, you, the first thing you said to me about this movie was like, the doctor's testimony is insane. It is. And like, and it's such, like, it here's the thing. Yes, I want Selena to get off. And I also think that probably everything that he is saying is true ish. But the fact that, one, he completely betrayed her trust. And two, that it gets to be his big emotional journey is talking about her rape and subsequent miscarriage that he lied about when she has specifically asked him not to. Though the fact that no one says to her, including the doctor, hey, maybe uh, potential future clients of your husband would be a little bit more uh, wary of using his services if they thought that he'd married a fucking murderer. Yeah. Then someone who was raped as a legal child by her drunk piece of shit stepdad is really interesting to me. But I guess then we wouldn't have this moment where, of course, like her rape gets to facilitate his big emotional journey. Yeah, because the doctor, the doctor goes, hey, I actually have proof that this was self-defense and that her stepdad was a worthless piece of shit that raped her. And, like, I have that all, like, in writing where it can be uh, submitted to the court. But while I'll have you here, I want to talk about how you're all prudes. <laughs> and how because you're all prudes, that's why any of this happened. Because if she'd just been able to tell people that her stepdad did this and that, you know, she had had a miscarriage instead of me telling her that she couldn't and then faking that it was an appendectomy then none of this would have happened. And I'm like, what? what? Sure, I guess. Okay. <laughs> would it have? <laughs> and like, here's the thing is like, that has no relevance to the court case. None. Which is only wild. To, well, it's wild to me for two reasons. One reason it's wild to me is that the prosecuting attorney in the only good bit of lawyering he seems to actually do goes, 
This has absolutely no relevance to fucking anything. And the judge just goes, I'll allow it. And you get it anyway, which is like... No, worse than that. The judge is like, I will let him finish his testimony. And then at the end, we'll decide whether or not your objection is overruled or sustained. And then the doctor's like, oh, well, in that case... Yeah. Let me just go the fuck off. (laughs) But the other reason it's wild to me is that our lead is right fucking there. And her emotional journey, much like Selena's, is about how Peyton places a stifling town that destroys people through conservatism. And that you and that like drives its best people out of town. And she fucking writes for a living and narrates everything. And the movie's like, eh, better just have the doctor do it instead. So instead, Allison's like capstone monologue is like, sometimes you just fall in love with the boy down the street. In fact, it's happening right now. <laughs> Goodbye. That's what I'm pretending the movie's about. And like the fuck. And she literally, she literally fucking bails on this town to go to New York to become a writer, and is like presented as the smartest person, I guess, in town? Question mark. <laughs> and nope, it's the doctor who gets to be like our best minds all leave. Which, sure, okay. I yeah, I don't. This movie is it is bonkers. It does make me sort of want to watch the TV show, but I don't imagine it's great. Oh, I I desperately want to watch the TV show. Did you read the list of guest stars on the TV show? I mean, hell, forget the guest stars. The actual stars on the show are insane. Like, Mia Farrow plays Allison. Yeah, no. <laughs> Mia Farrow plays Allison, and the moment she leaves, the show's fucking over. Like, the moment she's gone. Yes, it does have an absolutely bonkers number of incredible special guests i i can't believe it ran for five years i i totally can because this movie is so much more effective as a series of and then this thing happens and then this thing happens and then this thing happens than it is as trying to resolve fucking any of that (laughs) Like, That's fair. The moment it tries to resolve anything, this movie kind of sucks. But the moment this movie goes like, and then this person goes to this person and they have a conversation about nothing. But then the music goes, you're like, yes, I am in. Well, and it does feel like after they graduate from high school and have that, you know, summer where they go swimming or whatever that ends with. Allison getting in a huge fight with her mom, finding out that she's illegitimate. Oh, right. We got to build up to this a little because we for- I forgot okay, okay, about okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. And it, okay. Is the... it is the point in the movie where I sent you the text message that was, this movie is fucking insane. And then you sent me a text that, that said something basically to the same effect. And I was like, okay, but like which moment just happened? <laughs> and it was this one. Because it could have been any number of things, to be honest. Like, when the stepdad rapes Selena, that's also a moment where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And yet still not as bonkers as the thing that 
Well, David, take it away. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so th- really the only thing that's important is the context of when this takes place in the movie, which is right after the miscarriage by Selena, which only Selena, the doctor and her mom know about. The mom goes into work and is clearly having a straight-up fucking nervous breakdown about what's going on in her life. And Allison's mom hilariously goes, oh, we all have problems, and wanders out of the house while she's like, he was always looking at her, looking at her and drinking. I'm a failure of a mother, a failure. Fail, always looking at her. And the mom's like, fiddle-dee-dee, time to go bang the high school principal. Because that's also what's going on. Who, to be fair, is not. Yeah. But anyway, then, like, rumor around town is Allison's been swimming naked with a boy. And the mom and her get into a screaming argument where the mom is like, your father was a monster and he sucked and he was married and not to me. No, the screaming, it starts with, you've always been obsessed with sex. Just like your father. Right. And it's very strange because it's like, so yeah, he was married, but not to Allison's mom. But Allison's mom took off to New York to live with a married man. Yeah. But he was a monster who just cared about sex. And I'm like, so wait, what? what is the fucking story here? Because the way that you frame that is like, oh, he attacked you and like took advantage of you or whatever, which I mean, maybe, I guess, but also like, you left Peyton Place to go to New York to live with a married man. What is the story there? Yeah. Somebody else was kind of into sex, too, if I can <laughs> extrapolate a little bit here. Because you don't go live with a married man in New York City from, you know, small town Vermont, Hampshire, and, like, think, oh, well, we'll just, like, play board games? Like, I don't, what the fuck? I do think that the movie does a pretty good job considering the Hayes Code of making it clear that, like, no, the mom knew what was up. The, and, but she's not, like, it's kind of a, like, Gilmore Girls-esque thing of, like, and now I'm super touchy about it because I don't want you to do the same dumb shit I did. Um, and I'm displacing that onto your father. Like, given that she has that, like, complete breakdown in the courtroom, which, why is she called to testify in the fucking first place? But whatever. Oh, right. I keep missing the thing where after that fucking fight, Allison goes upstairs and screams because Selena's mom has hung herself in Allison's closet for some reason. Yeah. That's the part where I'm like, what? Why? Yeah. What? I'm, huh? Um. Yeah. So actually in 56, parts of the Hayes Code were written so that miscegenation, adultery, and prostitution could be explicitly described and portrayed on screen. Yeah. And boy, they really just took advantage of that, I guess. And we're like, yeah, adultery, fine. Miscegenation, fine. Because, like, we have Sayonara the next year. And I, I like to believe that the reason that parts of the code were rewritten were specifically because love is a many splendored thing was so bad. And they were like, never again will we cast a white woman to play an Asian woman because of bullshit miscegenation problems, because we can have no more, no more Jennifer Joneses. Um, anyway, that was a hardcore digression. But yes, in 57, the next year, we do have a lot of, uh, uh, 
a lot of these rewrite or a lot of these rewritten rules are being exploited by the films that are made. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess good on Hollywood. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything else to say about this besides rating it. Oh well, at some point, all the boys go off to war. Oh right, yeah, and it honestly, other than the rich guy's son dying, matters about that much. Oh, the Norman, the after-school special boy that gets into a. Okay, so the scene with him and Allison does explicitly end with the two of them agreeing to have emotionless sex with each other to figure out how sex works, right? Like, that is what she is proposing. I mean... In the the weird scene on the cliff. Before they go swimming or after they go swimming. No, they just went for a walk. But when they just go for the walk and are up on that hill... And she's like, maybe we could help each other because they both ordered books about relationships secretly through the mail. And she's Not like, relationships, right, specifically sex. about sex. Yeah. And like, argue that he says marriage, but it's sex because it's in brown paper bags. Anyway, um, she's like, well, maybe we could both teach each other. And he's like, do you mean? And she's like, don't misunderstand. But then goes... And then maybe if a little of natural affection between a boy and a girl. And it's like, so you are proposing you bone each other to figure out how sex works. I mean, she explicitly says sex, <laughs> like fig- that she wants to learn about sex. Yeah. And that there's like kind of nothing wrong with it or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I I definitely feel like, yes, she is proposing that. <laughs> Which is hilarious because he is so obviously already completely fucking head over heels in love with her. Yeah. And I is like, is Allison that unaware of it? Or like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And you never really figure that out because she leaves town before the waveform can kind of collapse on if she's just kind of like book smart but doesn't understand boys but is just kind of boy crazy or if like she does understand boys and she's kind of boy crazy and doesn't and just kind of has a stifling mom otherwise she'd be Betty and it's like really unclear yeah I think that uh I mean yeah it's that night where she decides that she's going to run away because of the uh well I guess it's not it's unclear how long she is in shock from learning about her dad, and also discovering Salida's mom hanging in her closet when she's like, I'm just going to go to New York. And her mom says, well, what will you do if you can't get a job? And she says, I guess I'll just do what you did and take up with some man. (laughs) God, the the dialogue in this movie, when you say it again, is like, wow. Yeah. Wow. That really was what they said, huh? Yeah. Anyway, that guy, uh, uh, the the boring boy, goes off and joins the paratroopers. He later says explicitly just because he wanted to die. Because his mom is so controlling. Yeah. But then he, like, comes back with a newfound confidence that mostly just means he lights Allison's cigarette and then basically disappears from the movie. Like, he's sitting next to her but never has another line. Yes, but she is going to, you know, fall in love with the boy next door or whatever, the the guy she went to high school with because he lit her cigarette. Yeah. And doesn't want to die anymore, which like... Here's the thing. Cool, I guess. Like, 
all of these endings are, again, such a great TV setup because they're all so open-ended. Like, you could take back anything that looked vaguely, like, had any air of finality about this film immediately by just putting the smallest fucking obstacles in the way of the mom and the principal or Allison and the boring boy or, like, fucking anybody. Just like Betty shows up in a room there. That relationship is constantly in jeopardy now. Like, it is so easy to go like, nothing got wrapped up easily here. Selena just isn't going to jail. That's that's what we've established at the end of the pilot, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I did kind of, I think I'm giving this movie more credit than you both because I do kind of find this interesting as a like televisual text more than a movie. And because... I do kind of just spot it the last act kind of sucking because I'm just like, yeah, well, they'll get to that later. And like, obviously they don't like this movie. They cast other people, but like everything that feels kind of shitty about the ending also feels like, well, I could take that back. Like, I don't really I don't really give a shit about Allison kind of deciding she thinks the cute dipshit next door is cute now. Oh, man. Remember that Selena had a. An older brother. Right. Fuck. Like the first scene of the movie. He's like, I'm leaving because I don't want to be in this shitty mill town and live with my shitty stepdad anymore. And then never is heard from again. Right. I was like waiting for him to come back and Mac on Betty at the end. Like that was like the thing is like after the time jump, he's going to come back rich and tell this one horse town to fuck off. And Betty's single now. And like none of that fucking happened. (laughs) Also, the time jump again is like a few months. Like yeah. the whole movie is something like a year and a half. Yeah. Which is wild. I think that grading it as the jumping off point for a long running soap opera that is going to retread the parts of the story it wants to and is going to retcon everything else. Pretty high yeah. as an actual standalone two and a half hour film something of a fucking mess yeah i could i don't think i could go higher than a six in actual screen test of time terms oh i was gonna give it like a four uh yeah i could i go as low as a four i could definitely do a five i mean this movie has tilt five written all the fuck over it (laughs) i mean that Yes, it is fun for especially <laughs> considering that it is a movie that has like a lot of really fucked up horrible things happen in it and yet I still watched it and went like, well that was fun. So, uh yeah, it definitely has tilt 5 written on it. I think it's a little bit uh I I mean, there was a lot of acting in it that I thought was not great. Here I Okay, so here's what I'll say. I agree with that. And what I will say is, I will go down to a four if I can get you to say with me to watch this movie. Like, I I think a four is probably honestly fair, but I also think watch this movie. (laughs) Like, it's so bonkers, it is fun. And it's not quite so... I mean, obviously, like, if you have, uh, like, with multiple trigger warnings for, like, sexual assault, family abuse, suicide, like, the sky is the limit on the number of trigger warnings that I would give here. I guess not really one for, like, actual war, because the boys go away and then they don't come back. 
but we don't see them in war. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it is a weird fucking experience that kind of has to be had to be understood. <laughs> yeah, and like, I definitely get what you're saying on the trigger warnings, especially around Selena. I think a yeah. lot of the other dark stuff, like the mom hanging herself, actually plays as comedy. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, if you're if if somebody has like their mother actually died by suicide, I would still give them this warning. Yeah, or you know anybody who has any experience of like family members who have died by suicide. Um, but I have to say that when they found her in the closet, I did not know who it was at first. I was like, is it Lucas, the stepdad? <laughs> what what body is this in the closet? Because it is not realistic in any way no and like it is i i think it is that other than the the sexual assault my reaction to basically everything dark that happens in this movie was what (laughs) what (laughs) and not oh god no um yeah yeah i mean yeah Uh, i also think this movie is just incredibly fucking obnoxious in the way that uh one woman's trauma becomes the vehicle for another man to completely betray her trust. And then we're all like, yeah, he told that town to fuck off. Yeah. So like that does bother me a lot. And I think that's why I'm not willing to give it a five, because I think that that's a fucked up trope that is going to exist for a long time where woman gets traumatized. Man has emotional journey. (laughs) Yeah. The end of this movie is undoubtedly the shittiest part of it. Like, the last 15, 20 minutes just kind of are like, okay, well, sure. However, you cannot just take all of Betty out of context of this film and still understand how remarkable she is. (laughs) And for that reason alone, I will say watch this movie, and it is why I will go up to a four, because Betty is fucking amazing. Yeah. I also, so the doctor in act three does suck and the doctor even in act two does have the shitty line about God. I think that I liked the doctor from the first scene he's in where they're debating who the new high school principal should be. And the like town gossip is trying to go like she, the, the nice English teacher's senile now. And the doctor's like, she's as old as you are. And the the town gossip is like, no, she's not. I'm 36. And the doctor just goes, you're 45. My dad delivered you the year they built the chapel. Like, just like, it's just like, <laughs> knows everybody's business in this way that I really enjoyed. Um, and I liked that through line of him. But I agree with you that, like, this movie is a little too conservative and a lot too interested in men having women's emotional journeys for them. Yeah. For me to, like, give give him, like, he's actually great. It's just, like, I like his archetype, and I think a movie that had a little bit more of a handle on how progressive the underlying story clearly wants to be, I would like him more. <laughs> but I also think he'd have less to do, which he should. <laughs> um... Like, he should not be the star of Act 3. That's stupid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, so, but I will say, uh, watch this movie. Like, it's, it is a, it's a ride, man. It is a, I mean, in the same way that I will say, like, ride the cyclone at Coney Island, because it is, there's just nothing like it. You get off of it and you're like, holy shit, I did not die on that. 
How was that possible? And I kind of felt that way watching this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so next week we are watching the final film of 1957, which is Witness for the Prosecution. So I guess we'll have another another trial. Yeah. And it does star Marlena Dietrich, Tyrone Power, Charles Lawton, and Elsa Lanchester. Boy, that is a whole lot of people I have very mixed feelings about. That's a whole lot of tilts directed by Billy Wilder, which can also be kind of a tilt. Yeah. I mean, I do like Elsa Lanchester generally, but she is usually very campy. I mean, she, you know, she was the Bride of Frankenstein. (laughs) Yeah, if we do, like, if this goes as, like, just batshit noir as it ought to, and as I think its reputation suggests, I think we're in good shape. But if they try and do a moment of realism with literally anybody in this cast... Right, it's just it's just gonna fall apart. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> uh. So anyway, tune in next week to see if uh, Witness for the Prosecution is as over the top as it needs to be. Yeah. And until then... This was a TV pilot. It was not a movie. No. That's, as a movie, it's a four, at best. Yeah. It was It was 100% an audition for a TV series. Yeah. It was a two-night television event on NBC. <laughs> like, that's what this movie was. Uh, And unfortunately, wasn't actually that. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Aren't you afraid people will think you're a little fast? Allison, according to my philosophy, what other people think will not pay the rent. So if you're accused of being fast, you might as well run. That way you get to all the good things first.